Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Hello, this is Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast. While you're here, give us a follow on social media as well for even more football-related content. You can find us on Twitter, at The Sports Social. That's where you head for that one. If you want to find us on Facebook or Instagram, just search for Sports Social and we'll pop up because you've got to be on the gram. You've got to be on the gram. I'm Jim Salverson. I've got Nama Corn with me today. Hello, Jim. We should have Marley Anderson with us today on the podcast as well, but here's a little peek behind the velvet curtain of Sports Social. <laughs> we're currently recording in a very nice studio in Leeds today because we're here for the Sports Social Christmas party. Yes. And Marley missed his train. <laughs> he missed his train from Manchester to Leeds. We gave him the exact time, but two days in advance, Marley, 8.56 at Victoria Station. Where was he? Nowhere to be seen, Jim. Nowhere to be seen. Failed in his mission to get the train. So he's on a train somewhere in the Pennines at the moment between Manchester and Leeds. So we're going to crack on without him and we're going to crack on with talk of brand new bosses in the Premier League. It looks like Everton and Arsenal are both poised to appoint a new manager within the next 24 hours. Have they made the right calls? We'll talk about that in a bit. Liverpool, they're through to the final of the World Club Cup in Qatar. Not sure anyone really cares about that, but if you are a Liverpool fan, you probably care about their new signing, which they confirmed today. They've got a Japanese international joining the club on January the 1st. We'll try and find out a bit more about him and how he's going to fit into Liverpool. Plus the Carabao Cup. We are now through to the semi-finals after last night's game, and the semi-final draws have thrown up two derby matches which is quite cool we'll give our view on who might lift the caribou cup trophy the league cup if you want to give it its proper name very shortly on football social daily should we get stuck into a review before we get stuck into the podcast proper you know what normally on a monday we do a review but a wednesday review before the the christmas party so if it's a bad one we can drown our sorrows however you listen to the podcast whether it's on Castbox or acast or itunes or spotify however it is if you leave us a review via that platform you might get a shout out on the show just like bk heng this is a good one. Good man. I'm going to like this one. BK Heng, he left a review on Apple Podcasts. He says, it's BK. I'm the Cambodian guy yes. that listens to your podcasts. I currently live in the States and appreciate the really relaxing daily podcast. Oh, uh, what a legend. I didn't know this was a relaxing podcast, so I'll do it in a relaxing voice. BK just 
sit back and listen to my voice. <laughs> uh, basically, he said it's nice hearing the Cambodian references in the last few episodes of Football Social Daily. If you've not listened for a little bit, the reason we've been talking about Cambodia is because we are the number one football podcast yes. in Cambodia. What a title to hold. Which is the market we were going for. Do you know what? Um, one thing I've always wanted to do is to go to Cambodia. I wanted to go to Angkor Wat as well. I want to go there. It's a really cool sort of temple place. Um, and try fried tarantulas legs. Really? So BK, send us a tweet to at the Sports Social or send us a message. I want you to tell me how fried tarantulas legs taste because okay. they look really weird, but I'm for some reason impelled to try them. And BK, tell your mates in Cambodia, if you've got mates back home, that they should listen to the podcast as well. Because the bad news is today we've slipped to number two. Oh. We're the second best podcast in Cambodia. The number one podcast is a Barcelona podcast. Oh, randomly. really? So if you're in Cambodia, get us listened to, get us subscribed to, and anywhere else for that matter. Right, let's crack on with the football, and let's talk about Liverpool, who are currently plying their trade in the World Club Cup. Are we bothered, Niall, about the World Club Cup? Um, I'm not, but I'm not a Liverpool fan, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I guess the Liverpool fans are, the supporters are, so um, it's one they haven't got in the trophy cabinet, so I guess that's what they're looking to do, add another one to, to that collection of silverware that they've got. I think they're probably more interested in the new signing that has been confirmed today for Liverpool. We'll get onto that shortly, but first let's get the views of a Liverpool fan on whether they care about the World Club Cup for a start. I've got John Gibbons on the phone from the Anfield Wrap. Hey, John. Good morning. Do you care about the tournament that Liverpool are currently playing in? Because I'm really struggling to get excited about Liverpool versus Monterey. <laughs> Do you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that this is a tournament that I follow year after year. <laughs> I, I, um, I assume Real Madrid won it last year, but you know that's just because I know they beat us in the Champions League final the year before. And yeah, so, it's the European. So I, I, the European champions will generally win it. I think. I think that's generally, yeah. And so, so I assume that, but it isn't something I follow. But and also, you know, at the start of the season, you know, in terms of priorities, it, it it wasn't at the top or even close to it. But I think there's a general feeling amongst amongst the squad and the team, and also the kind of the fan base of now it's here and now you know we're, we're you know we're having to play it. If you like, if that doesn't sound sort of too negative, then then wouldn't it be nice to win? And and as you said in your little trail before, we haven't won it yet. We've we've won most things, luckily enough, but we we haven't won this. I mean, largely because the, the I don't think the boys in the 70s and early 80s took it very seriously from the sounds of it. I mm. think it was more of a case of how much could you drink on the plane over the way. <laughs> but, uh, but I think but in but in 2006. After they won it in 05, they did, they did have a really good go and they were they were uh, very unlucky in that in that final and didn't. So it would be nice to win. It would be a nice one to to add and and yeah, and just keeping that feeling of positivity going. That that the, is there a Liverpool football club at the moment? Obviously, you see everything's rosy. You know, stuff like the signing today helped. Yeah, and Klopp signing a new contract last week, and and the fact that the league table is looking so good. I think I think just keeping that feeling of positivity going there is a really good thing. Before we get on to the new signing. Would you dare, if Liverpool win the Premier League and win the World Club Cup, would you dare to call it a double? Oh, no, absolutely not. No, <laughs> even, me, even, 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 even the Anfield Raff wouldn't try and pull that one. Correct no, answer. I, mean, <laughs> um, I, I think, think, John, in the last Club World Cup final game that Liverpool played, I think Florence Cinema Pongol was starting in the game. So Liverpool have definitely come a long way since those days, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, there we have. Look, it's it's a much stronger team. It's a much stronger squad as well, and and we're flying at the moment. And yet it couldn't be rosier. You know, you look at 
you know, what happened last year we was, you know, with, with obviously winning the Champions League and getting to 97 points and you think, well, can Liverpool top that? Can they, is that, is that something that they can, they can kick on from or, or is that kind of just, you know, uh, an amazing kind of season and then we're going to revert back to, you know, fighting for Champions League places, which basically is what we've been doing for the last decade. But, but you know, it, it's not. We've we've kicked on again. You know, the league form's somehow been even better than it was last season. Obviously, we started in the Champions League and then got this tournament as well. So it is brilliant. It's 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 testament to the work that's been done. You know, over a long period to get the squad to where it is now. And, and, and yeah, it's it's hard to be negative on our podcast. To be honest with you, it's hard to kind of you know you find it, you know nitpicking things that are going wrong and and and, it, and it's tricky because everything's just so good. Let's focus on the new boy that's coming in to Liverpool on January the 1st. It feels like an exciting one. I mean, any transfer in January is always exciting because it's always such slim pickings in terms of players coming in. I'm going to have a go at pronouncing this guy's name. He's from Red Bull Salzburg, Japan International, Takumi Minamio. Is that, is that anywhere close to what it should be? I'll, I'll help you out, Jim. Takumi Minamino. OK, there we go. Are you excited about this one, John? I am, yeah, because we've seen him play this season and he was brilliant. Uh, he was he was exceptional at Anfield. And I'm normally not grateful, sort of noticing too much about the opposition in, in terms of individual players. You know, they're normally sort of a blur of 11 lads who were, who were trying to stop, you know, our boys kind of doing our thing. Mm. But, but you couldn't help watching Minamino and you couldn't help appreciate what he did, especially at Anfield. Got an you know, assist and a goal, didn't he? He did, yeah, and he, but he was just—he was just so lively and just so threatening throughout the game, and you know, he, was, he, 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 just, he just looked fantastic. And you went away thinking, "Oh, what a player!" When you know, when you already looking him up on Wikipedia and seeing, you know, his age and profile and, and kind of what it normally does, and so. I think Liverpool fans came away from that kind of, you know, buzzing, and, and so the story goes as a few of the of the Liverpool players actually said to to to, to Jurgen and the team, you know, you know, you should you should be looking at him, and I think I think they laughed because you know secretly they sort of were, and, and obviously it's it's been done, and and the fee is just you know, obviously nothing in, in today's money as mm-hmm. well, which is which which is good. So yeah, it's it's one to get really excited about, and it's and it's it's good as well because obviously there's going to be a lot of the game, a lot of games to come back to. The knock-on effect from this World Cup championship is a, is obviously a league game to play kind of later on. Obviously, we want to do well in the FA Cup as well, and and the Champions League. So there's going to be a lot of games, so it's going to be needed. Yeah, is, um, is that what needed. is that the key for for you as Liverpool fans seeing him come in? And you mentioned his energy. Is that going to be crucial? Because like you say, it's going to be a long season with lots of competitions and lots of different games for Liverpool. So for you to be able to have that extra sort of bit of energy Salzburg wouldn't have played nowhere near as many games as Liverpool have so is that kind of the the key for Liverpool fans to see someone fresh come in a bit like Shakiri sometimes does comes off the bench and, and gives Liverpool a bit of a zip yeah I think so he looks like he'd be a great player to use as a substitute you know to come on to, to kind of give you a bit more energy but also kind of from the start and look we've been you know, fortunate with our with our front three that they've played more often than not. You know, but but they, they are going to need rest. They are going to get injuries, and and so and so to have a, another option up there is kind of really important as well. And so and so I think I think um, you know in terms of what he's been able to come in to do, I think it's I think it's key for us. And and I think it, it could it could prove to be a really shrewd sign in terms of getting us over the line and what we want to do. Do you think it is a another option because he's said to be very different to Salah or Firmino or Mane he's apparently a very different player like I say I know very little about this guy but do you think it is a new player coming in to add reinforcements or do you think it is the start of maybe a Jurgen Klopp rebuild he's got this new contract he's now going okay we're going to move to the next phase of my reign at Liverpool now so we need to bring in that next generation that kind of rebuild of players 
Yeah, it's, it's a funny one, really, because he, he plays primarily as a number 10, and we don't play a number 10. We play 4 3 3, and we're playing sort of wide forwards, and with, with, with Firmino sort of playing a little bit false nanny, if you like. And so, so it's a, is it a case of with him? You know that they see well. They see that well. They think he can play in a different position. They think he can play in a, either as an attacking midfield or, or a wide forward. You know, they think he has the skills, or we're already thinking about changing our style because I don't think Jurgen Klopp's necessarily married to four three three. He didn't play that formation at Dortmund. That he didn't play it his first couple of seasons at Liverpool. I think he just ended up kind of doing it because of the players he's had and to make best use of sort of Sally and Manny in particular. So, as you say, maybe he's already thinking about the future, maybe already thinking about what is the next stage for this Liverpool team. And I think we've got to be honest as well, and you look at the front three now, where I don't think Salah will be here forever. I think I think he, he'll be one who's thinking about, I'm sure he you know, he's thinking about his own career and not necessarily progression, just something different. Uh, I think Sadio Mane maybe as well, and so, and so, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, hold these players forever. If 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 they, if they decide, look, I've, I've done so well at Liverpool, I've done so much, I want, I want to do something. So I think it's thinking ahead a little bit. So so we'll see, but. You know, I mean, we're just kind of obviously concentrating on this season at the moment and, and the next sort of, you know, four, five, six months and, and what you can offer there. And it is another brilliant option for us um, you know, in terms of what we want to achieve this year. If you look across the Premier League, John, you see Riyad Mahrez at City is obviously an absolute icon in Algeria, much like Son yeah. Heung-min is in South Korea. Mo Salah in Egypt, an absolute superstar. Do you think Minamino can add that commercial aspect to Liverpool? Of course, Liverpool commercially have been on the rise for the last couple of years, but certainly with things like shirt sales and bringing a new audience to Liverpool from that Japanese market. It is, I mean, it is It is stuff that I'm sure the football club's thinking about. I mean, I suppose, it's obviously, you, you know, you're just really interested in, 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 in what they offer on the pitch. But I think, I think that I'm sure, look, the commercial department, uh, you know, uh, it is something that they're looking at already. Well, how can we boost sort of our profile over there? And it's not just search, shared sales, it's stuff like sponsors as well, isn't it? Someone who's going to be sort of an ambassador for you in the area. And then we've seen what Salah's done for Liverpool's kind of kind of, you know, global reputation, if you like. I mean, mm. Liverpool's a massive a massive club. But I think, you know, in terms of for, for younger people, especially sort of in, in the Arabic world, what, what Salah's done and, and, and Sadio Mane, it should be said as, as well, you know, is huge. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we do have sort of, you know, good ambassadors in, the, in this football club as much as, as much as anything, really. And there's, you know, there's the South American guys as well. And, and it, it is, I'm sure, something that the football club's thinking about. And it was interesting speaking to, uh, I, we had Neil Jones in with this morning, who's from Goal, and he was saying that there's, some, there's a, ja- a Japanese guy who works for Goal in the UK, and his job is just to sort of follow the Japanese players around and you know the ones that are in the UK report on mm. what they're doing and he said there's a Korean guy as well who works for golf who just follows Sun around you know which is which is quite yeah. an interesting job isn't it? it just speaks to Sun and just is basically goals Sun reporter for, yes. uh, for Korea so mm. so it, that that's that's the level of interest that there is that's how much you know interest there is in these guys who are over the, in the Premier League and and if he does well and he needs to do well obviously but if he does do well then then you know he he might even eclipse all that. John, thanks for coming on, mate. The stats certainly back Pleasure. up is going to be a decent addition to Liverpool, so we look forward to seeing what he can do. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the final of the World Club Cup. Bring it home. <laughs> Bring it home. Go on, John. Go on, the Reds. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for the North. Nice one. Cheers, Cheers John. John. You can find out more from the Anfield Wrap. You can search the Anfield Wrap online because they're pretty much everywhere and wherever you find your podcast, just where you find Football Social Daily as well. Going to take a quick break now, and we're going to come back shortly, and we're going to talk about the new bosses at Everton and Arsenal, which are going to happen at some point over the last 24 hours. And we're going to talk about the Caribou Cup. We'll do it next on Football Social Daily. 
Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. We're going to talk next about Mikel Arteta, Carlo Ancelotti, Everton and Arsenal because it looks like in the next 24 hours or so, I'll caveat this by saying we've been saying in the next 24 hours for the last 48 hours, but it looks (laughs) like in the next 24 hours, Mikel Arteta will join Arsenal, Carlo Ancelotti will join Everton. Those appointments, Niall... You would have had them the other way around, wouldn't you? If you'd had to put a bet on which player was going to join which club, you would have gone Arteta to Everton and Ancelotti to Arsenal. Yeah, I think you'd probably be right in saying that, to be honest, Jim. I think with Arsenal in the state they're in, and trust me, Everton aren't in a great state either, but certainly from what I've seen of Arsenal over the last three weeks, where even at the Emirates against Brighton, they just didn't look with it, they didn't look interested under caretaker boss Ljungberg. Sometimes you get a caretaker boss come in and the, the kind of the cloud of the old manager is lifted and mm. the players are kind of rejuvenated and they can express themselves a bit more. We haven't seen that with Arsenal at all. And then obviously they were beaten handsomely by Manchester City. By all accounts, Manchester City were on absolute fire. De Bruyne was unbelievable. But I just felt that at this moment, Arsenal needed someone to come in with a level head and just stable the whole ship. And I think Ancelotti would have been a perfect fit for that because he commands respect everywhere he goes. Stefan said on yesterday's podcast, he reminds him of a mafia don. Yeah. You know, he's very calm and collected on the outside. But, you know, when you get him in the changing rooms and maybe something isn't going quite to plan, you wouldn't be surprised if he slips a bit of poison in your wine, you know, just to kind of keep you on edge. Do you know what I mean? So I felt that maybe you're probably right to have, you know, Ancelotti or Allegri, I think was my pick to Mm. go into Arsenal. Someone who can really put their foot down and not be bullied. Like Emery was bullied by those players and there's a lot of egos at Arsenal and there's real problems at the club from top to bottom. And I think Ancelotti would have been able to sort that out and Allegri likewise. But yeah, Arteta going into Everton on the reverse... um, uh, would have been a, probably a more likely fit because you just feel that with this moment in time with Everton in 16th, Arteta, a new a new manager, Everton seem to have employed managers over the last couple of years that kind of have a distinctive style of play. You'd presume Arteta has that Pep Guardiola blueprint. Yeah. So you'd think that that would have been a more obvious fit. But like you say, we've seen a switch and I'm actually fascinated to see how it goes down. Arteta would have, not Arteta, sorry, Ancelotti would have made perfect sense for me for Arsenal. Because as you say, there are issues at Arsenal, and it's almost a cliche to say it, but it's a cliche because it's true. In the there's no got, cliche bell in Leeds. Yeah, yeah, there is it. We've left it in Manchester. It didn't get invited to the Christmas party. The cliche <laughs> bell. Uh, but the the idea that there's these big egos that need to be controlled, and they need a manager they can respect. These Abamyangs and these Yakas, and yeah, tick box. Ancelotti's the right man there. They need to be shored up defensively. Tick box. It's the right man there. So I wonder whether there's a financial question over whether Arsenal wanted to go for Ancelotti because I heard on the claret and blue West Ham shaped grapevine that Ancelotti was approached by West Ham and he turned down West Ham because he didn't think they were a big enough club and he said Everton and Arsenal are both big enough clubs so he wanted a bigger club a bigger reputation and if you're looking at Everton Arsenal you'd have to say Arsenal are the bigger club Mm. and you'd think that Arsenal had more of a financial clout as well but the reports that are coming out today suggest that the one sticking point between Arsenal appointing Mikel Arteta, is that they're reluctant to pay the £1 million release clause that City want for Arteta, which is a weird one, because one million quid, in the same way that we talked about Liverpool's new signing being £7.5 quid and it being nothing, £1 million quid is nothing in today's football market. So if 
So why are why are Arsenal reluctant to pay that money to City? Why are Arsenal reluctant to, from what I've heard, even have those conversations with City? It's not a lot in the context of modern football transfers, but in terms of football managers, I mean, would you pay a million quid for someone who's unproven, might be sacked in six months, and then have to pay them off? Arteta won't want a two-year deal. He'll want a five-year deal at Arsenal. Managers will. Agents will be sorting it out. They'll want their slice. You know, so but that's a player under contract, so he needs to have the compensation yeah. that is written into well, that contract paid. I, I, it's not a, it's not a negotiation. No, it's nothing to do with Arteta. I understand that, but I mean that's the risk from Arsenal, isn't it? They pay that money, and then if he doesn't work out in six months, he's sacked at the end of the season. There's mm. a new manager again in the summer, and then they look for the Ancelotti or the Allegri. Obviously, Ancelotti won't be available, but you see what I'm saying. Someone Might of that be. ilk. <laughs> the well, way Everton know. get for him, you never you know. You never know. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those where you kind of have to weigh up your options. Arsenal uh, are an interesting club. I think the Pepe, 72 million they paid for him, that's over three seasons worth of instalments. Yeah. So I don't think that, that 72 million is outright. They don't have the finances of a club like Manchester United, where Manchester United paid 80 million for Maguire outright. Obviously, it's different with managers and the way things work. I just think it's a huge risk taking Arteta. I really do. Um, Whether it pays off for Arsenal or not remains to be seen. But I think Arsenal are in a position where they can afford to take a a reasonable risk at this moment in time. People would listen to this and say, what are you talking about? They're really struggling, but they're not going to get relegated. Everton are at risk of relegation. And with the new stadium on the horizon and the money they've spent and the investment, that would be an absolute car crash for Everton. It'd be a disaster. So I think that they need to take less of a risk and and appoint someone like Ancelotti. Um, Interesting what you say about him saying that Everton is a big enough club um, and Arsenal is also a big enough club, but West Ham isn't. I feel like Everton and West Ham are trying to be what Arsenal are, not in terms of how they're playing right now this season, but new stadium, Mm. move from Highbury, lots of history and competing on the European front regularly. That's what Arsenal fans were promised when they moved to the Emirates. The grass isn't always greener, as we found out. Things stagnated under under Wenger. They got Emery in. That really didn't work out. And now they need to get this appointment right. I don't think Arteta's the right man, personally. Ancelotti, though, to be sold Everton is going to take a lot of money. And I think when we had Greg O'Keefe on from The Athletic, he said that if this deal goes through, Ancelotti will be one of the best paid managers on the planet. Mm. And this is Everton we're talking about. That's the difference between Everton and West Ham is the there is an ambition there or a public ambition for them to grow and be European contenders. Mm. They both mm. want to be top four, top six clubs. They both have the infrastructure to do that. Everton are willing to put the investment in, be it in players or managers yeah. or a new football stadium rather than a rubbish athletic stadium. <laughs> There's just more ambition from the owners. I think that's the big difference in the clubs. Well, you can see why Ancelotti want to go there. Mashiri's very ambitious to even approach Ancelotti. He approached Pochettino yeah. as well. You know, and there is a glass ceiling there with the top six. And I think we're seeing clubs getting close. Leicester have somehow managed to break through it this season. It was a real good opportunity for someone with Chelsea in, in the way that they were with the transfer ban. Of course, that's now been lifted. Arsenal, uncertainty over them and Unai Emery. Manchester United, equally so with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. There was an opportunity for a club to break into the top four. That's been grasped by Leicester at this moment in time. Um, but Wolves are giving it a good stab. Sheffield United are a surprise in everyone. I think there is an opportunity for, for us to see a real sort of reinvigoration of the Premier League table over mm. the next couple of seasons. Everton, West Ham, Arsenal, they all want to be a part of that. I think what we see with Spurs with them building a new stadium and Pochettino leading them into that, I think maybe Mashiri's seen Ancelotti and thought, okay, we've got a a Hollywood manager, as Greg from The Athletic so very well puts it, possibly leading us into a new ground with talented players who aren't getting the most out of their games, which maybe this manager can offer. 
it's a risk for Ancelotti, but I don't think even if it fails at Everton, it will be a blot on his record. I still think he'll be lined up for a host of jobs if things go belly up at Everton. Completely. I think, as you say, Arsenal are taking a risk with Arteta, but I think it's quite exciting at the same time. I think he's a young manager, clearly. I mean, anyone who claims they know whether Arteta can do the Arsenal job is lying because nobody knows what he's going to be able to do or what he has learned in his internship under Pep Guardiola. Whether he has the right mindset to go in there and fundamentally change the way that squad thinks is going to be really telling. But I think if we have got Pep V2 going into this Arsenal job, if it is going to be a Guardiola-style of management, be it player motivation, player development, or even the way they play quick, attacking, exciting football, possession-based, I think it could be really exciting to see in the Premier League, particularly if Guardiola is going to leave. It could be, and that would certainly interest the Arsenal fans because that's what they remember. You know, they always sing, we want our Arsenal back and we've got our Arsenal back when they start knocking the ball around. Even in the later years under Wenger, do you remember that goal Jack Wilshere scored? It was ridiculous and there was tricks and flicks and it went over the top and he just side-footed it calmly into the net. Brilliant, brilliant goal. One of the best goals of, of the decade, probably. It might even be longer ago than that. You have to forgive me if it is. But... It's one of those where it's so 50-50, you genuinely cannot predict whether it's going to go well or it's going to go terribly. Mm. You just do not know. And that's the difficulty with it. The only thing I would say is for Manchester City and Pep Guardiola, and everyone says this, when things weren't going well for him defensively, he was able to get the checkbook out and bring some new players in. He brought in new fullbacks. He brought in a new goalkeeper. He brought in two new goalkeepers, Bravo and Edison. He's probably going to bring in some new centre-backs if he stays at the club beyond the summer. Is Arteta going to be offered that same freedom in the transfer market that Manchester City had? For instance, they went out in the summer, bought Rodri, bought Cancelo, and although it's not been great for City this season by their standards, Arsenal paid that 72 for Pepe, but that was in instalments. And I don't think that Arteta is going to have the same freedom to go out and sign players no. at Arsenal than what Pep has at Manchester City, which may be where we find out truly how far Arteta can take Arsenal. Because if he isn't given the freedom of the transfer market and a bit of an open checkbook and deep pockets from the owners, I don't know how far Arsenal can go with the current players they've got. I guess that's the real test of a manager, isn't it? It's not whether you can bring players in and build a squad, it's whether you can coach the players you've got. Yeah, it's what you get out of what you've got, which is why Eddie Howe and and Sean Dyche always get a lot of plaudits, because they're good at what they're good at. Dyche is good at playing the style of play he plays with those sort of British and Irish core players he's got at Burnley and Eddie Howe's good at spending 15 million on championship players, developing them into good players and taking punts on people and getting them to play an exciting style. So they're good at what they're good at. But for Arteta, we don't know what he's good at just yet, so we'll have to wait and see. The job in front of Ancelotti was evident last night in the Caribou Cup quarterfinals. Everton beaten by Leicester on penalties. It was a very Everton performance based on this season. A bit of creative attacking power but ultimately Getting, mistakes mm, at the back mm. and really frustrating for the Everton fans so Leicester went through on penalties they're in the semi-final they'll be playing Aston Villa in the semi-final Leicester at home in the first leg the other games were Oxford United 1 Manchester City 3 Manchester United 3 Colchester nil. kind of as expected there isn't yeah. a lot to comment no on there no there at all other than maybe Marcus Rashford he's now got 14 goals two goals last night 14 yeah. goals in all comps his best ever season for Manchester United is this the Marcus Rashford we hope for is that a bit early to say that no I, I think it is and I think there's more to come and I think it's really exciting to see I think he gets a lot of stick particularly when Paul Pogba hasn't been in the fold because he's been injured or hung over from his brother's wedding whatever you want to say um, <laughs> but uh, certainly Marcus Rashford when he's been played through the middle and he was by Mourinho often it hasn't really worked out for him and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows his best position is off the left I think the issue for Manchester United is they've got three players who play well off of the left 
And I think they need to maybe go into the January market and find someone who can do a job off of the right or find someone who can play more centrally. Obviously, they're looking at Erling Haaland. We know that the the big baby, as I like to call him. Yeah. Um, they could play him through the middle or maybe move Martial out to one of the wide positions. And I think that would certainly be a, a good fit. I mean, Rashford... The way he cuts in onto his right foot from the left and, and takes shots on, I mean, he's confident with his free kicks. He's got a brilliant one against Chelsea in the last round of the cup. He's getting on the end of crosses as well. Rashford towards the back post is one of his goals against Colchester last night was like that. Yeah, this is the Rashford that everyone's getting excited about. Um, and I think now has been a really good time to step up to the plate because like I said before, with Pogba unavailable due to injury recently, having someone that Manchester United fans can hang their hat on and say he's going to score today. So I remember Ruud van Nistelrooy years ago, I'm not comparing the two, they're very different, but when I first sort of started watching the Premier League intensively, every time Ruud van Nistelrooy stepped onto the pitch, he just had this something about him, it's just a little bit of swag, a bit of calmness, and you just think, he's going to score. Mm. You just kind of knew. Same and with Berbatov. The same with Berbatov as well. And Rashford, I don't think he's quite cut from the same cloth as those two in, in terms of his sort of demeanour, but definitely... You're getting that feeling with Rashford that if someone's going to do it for United, it's going to be him. And that's a really positive and healthy place for him to be in. With Haaland, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram (laughs) over the last 24 hours, there was a picture he posted. He posted a series of pictures, each of him signing a different football shirt that was significant in some way. So, for example, a Leeds United shirt because his dad used to play for Leeds. Um, In amongst the mix was a Manchester United shirt with him signing. Is that a sign he's coming to United? Well... The eagle-eyed Instagram watchers out there would notice that the three shirts he signed that weren't Manchester United shirts, he's actually wearing different clothes. So he could have been taken on a different day. Right. So three of them, the Leeds kit, I think there was a Napoli kit as yeah. well and another one, I can't remember, was he was all wearing the same clothes. And he what had, does it all mean? And he had, a different, he had a different outfit on when signing the Manchester United kit. Um, listen, we know about Holland that he's a bit of a, a wind-up merchant. Um, he did an interview after one of the games against Liverpool when he was playing for Red Bull Salzburg in the Champions League earlier this season. And um, he was just a bit of an idiot towards the reporter. Like every question the reporter asked, he just went, yep. He's a character. Yep. Yep. And then the press officer gave him a bit of a glaring look and went, don't do that. And then he started answering the questions properly. I think before the game last week, he said, I'm going to score a hat-trick at Anfield or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he is a bit of a character, like you say. I, I think he's just maybe having a bit of fun with the fans. The benefit for United fans would be that he was managed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer during his time at Molde in the Norwegian league. Um, So that might be a a defining factor, but he wants first team football. And of course, Salzburg have a good relationship with Leipzig, who are top of the Bundesliga. He's powerful, he's strong, he's direct. He's got a great shot on him and he looks like that he would be a perfect fit in the Bundesliga. To go from Salzburg in the Austrian league to the Premier League is a massive jump. So Mm. Manchester United fans have a reason to be excited when you see photos like that, but... I wouldn't read too much into it. Here's my prediction. He'll sign for Manchester United in January. He'll go back out on loan, but he'll go to lo- on loan to Leipzig, Red Bull Ooh. Leipzig, and he'll play the rest of the season out there. Let's see how it goes. Might come to ma- back to Manchester United in the summer. Well, as long as it's better than your tip, Liverpool to win at 8-1 <laughs> against Aston Villa. When they tip got it to win. I just, said they, I just stated that was the facts. They were the odds <laughs> that are on offer. Right, the round, um, next round of the Caribou Cup semi-finals, as I say, Manchester United versus Manchester City, Leicester City versus Aston Villa. Two derby matches, a Midlands derby and a Manchester derby. I'm not saying they're deliberately trying to make the Caribou Cup interesting, but they might be deliberately trying to make the Caribou Cup interesting. I was going to talk today on the podcast about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well, because today marks his one-year anniversary as Manchester United manager. So we're going to have a little bit of a review. But you know what? We'll do it on tomorrow's podcast. So make sure you have subscribed to the podcast and you never miss an episode and you can get involved with that as well. If you want to leave us your review 
of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's 12 months in charge at Manchester United, you can do it via our Twitter account, at The Sports Social. Take a look there. That's it for today's show. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you're subscribed, and we'll see you tomorrow. Should we have a beer? Yeah, let's go and have a beer. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.